0: So, um, and I appreciate, again, the flexibility as we make a transition. So we're going to spend some time in the Word, and then we will uh, head up uh, to service together, basically. So today's message was one I think I mentioned yes or last week that I was even struggling a little bit. So I was asking you all to pray. Doug came up and prayed with me after uh, the lights shone from heaven and told me exactly what I needed to sh- share this week. So, um, so it didn't happen immediately after Doug prayed, but it did happen after Doug prayed. So I'll let that be a lesson. Um, pray and the Lord will uh, illuminate his word. So Exodus chapter 21, we are going to do something that I don't know that I've ever done before, and we are going to cover two and a half chapters in the next few minutes. Amen. You said we are never... You better listen very fast. You listen very fast, okay? And if you don't listen, uh, you can just keep it back there in case... Anybody else need a handout? Are we good? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So... Exodus chapter 21, chapter 22, and the first half of 23. I don't know if your Bible says it, but the uninspired uh, subject kind of headings or chapter headings on the top of the page, mine says diverse laws and ordinances for manslaughter, etc. On diverse laws and ordinances, diverse laws and ordinances, ordinances. Like, it's diverse, We're going to talk a little bit about that. But Exodus 21, let's read the first uh, first um, verses the first verse together. Now, these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. These are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. There's dozens of verses that follow dozens of ordinances. I took the time to put them in an Excel spreadsheet and put them and correlate them based on topic. And I could find no pattern. I could find no way to package these in such a way that we could chunk them and segment them. And we'll talk about a little bit about, them, uh, in, in, about that in, again in a moment. But there are thir- 13 of them, which I would argue expound on the 10 commandments, which remember were just delivered to the children of Israel in chapter 20. So for instance, you shouldn't have any other gods and there's consequences of killing someone because God said, don't kill. Three of them are relational to slaves or strangers. And it's interesting because they were just both. They were just slaves just a few months before. They were strangers in a strange land just before. Look at Exodus 22. So I would encourage you to have scripture open. We're gonna be flipping back and forth. I'll be grabbing some verses. You might wanna make a note in your, in your Bible or on your page. Thou shalt, 22, uh, verse 21, thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him. Why? For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I mean, don't forget, That just a few months ago, they were beating your backside. Don't vex a stranger. Presume that the Lord has brought them into your path for a reason. So don't vex them. Don't oppress them. Also, one of the things we need to see kind of foundationally here under the situation is a judgment does not equal a law. Okay? So. Doctrinally, we're in a process where the Lord is developing, it's transitioning, he's transitioning the delivery of the law, okay? So the commandments, these judgments, we're going to see, well, we'll reference at some point, we'll actually see more direction in the book of Exodus, how to construct the temple, or I'm sorry, the tabernacle, the order, the things associated with that. If we were to continue our study into Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we'd see very specific guidance on a lot of different things, including how to deal with, like, boils in the flesh, right? How to deal with uh, issues of uncleanness. We deal with issues of how to do sacrifice and when to do sacrifice. Like, the law is... This is the very beginning of this whole big umbrella called the law. But these two and a half chapters are not law per se. They are judgments, okay? And the part of the reason I know this is 421 times this Hebrew word is used, this word judgment is used and only twice is it translated as the word law in your king james bible the overwhelming number of times it's around judgment it's around the ability to, if you will, discern. I've got to use English substitutions of words. So just kind of bear with me. I'm trying to uh, communicate, trying to uh, teach a principle here. Even the word principle is kind of is along these lines, right? So it's judgments. Now, some of these things you say, well, they sound like a law. Like don't oppress a stranger. Don't vex them. Don't kill people. And if somebody kills them, they will be stoned but there's still technically a judgment and we'll explain more. Okay. Excuse me. The use of the word law in the King James Bible up to this point is actually fairly limited. Most of the time it refers to a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law, a father-in-law, a mother-in-law, which is interesting because it's saying that there is a law that supersedes the law that when you marry someone there is an extended relationship that we associate with law. I am not sure that my mother-in-law has really any legal rights associated with me. But we refer to her, or at least I do, as my mother-in-law, right? Like she probably has some sort of legal access to standing to our estate if we were both killed and we didn't have heirs. Or maybe she would have some legal standing with respect to our kids if they were minors in the same kind of situation. But generally speaking, my mother-in-law, I'm not bound to in the law. But yet it's a term we use, right? Because we, were, we have this legal, Michelle and I have a legal uh, agreement, which she made me sign a prenup, by the way, which is just ridiculous. I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> that is not true. She, we both brought nothing into the marriage that was worth <laughs> legal time over. But it, most of it, it refers to a lot. Look at these verses. Um, well, or at least hear them out. I have them. There's only three times prior to this that law is actually something that we might associate with the law. Exodus 12:49, one law shall be unto him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. So God is actually dabbling again revealing this concept of a law that's coming. Exodus 13:9, and it shall be for a sign unto thee upon the land that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. Again, this is not necessarily that it's every jot and tittle of the law that is recorded, but we're starting to see it play out. Exodus 16, 4, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law, in my precepts, in my judgments, in my ordinances, or no. It's not until we get to Exodus 24, which is a couple of chapters away, The Lord said unto Moses, I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments that I have written. So these sundry, these diverse laws that are recorded, yes, they're kind of like part of the law, but they're also kind of not part of the law. Now, I'm not trying to soften what God reports here. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take it and apply it outside of the structure of the law because they apply to us today. Okay? That's the that's the 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 constructive argument that I'm trying to make. If it's just law, it doesn't uh, doesn't apply to us. Okay? But these these concepts interestingly, this is one of the directions I started down. These two and a half chapters set the basis for a Judeo-Christian country's law system. It's really interesting. It's an interesting study if you want to jump into it. But judgments doesn't equal law. Okay? Now, judgments are principles by which to govern if you're a judge, if you have that responsibility, or they're principles by which to live if you're under those judges. Okay? So they're standards set for the judges. Look back with me a couple of chapters back when... Jethro was telling Moses that the way he had it structured was not good. In verse 20, he says, this is what you should do. Thou shalt teach them, who's them? The people that you should set up. Thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. So part of this, the, these judgments is the way in which they should walk, not just the law itself, because we will see so much of this is about interpersonal interaction. It's not just about who is right and who is wrong when you go into the courthouse under a lawsuit. OK, a lot of it is how you interact with your neighbor. OK. All right. Exodus eighteen twenty two. 1822 and let them judge the people at all seasons and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee moses but every small matter they shall judge so it shall be easier for thyself and they shall bear the burden with thee so when we were looking at this a few weeks ago we saw that this was a good thing to empower people who had failed in ministry But it was a good thing to empower them with judgments. So right on the heels of that, the Ten Commandments are given very broad, proving that no one can actually keep all ten of them. But then more laws, principles, judgments are laid. Why? They set the standard for those judges to actually apply. But because they're not just delivered to the judges, they're delivered to everybody. So everybody knows the expectations, right? If I said the rules of this place are, you can only, I don't know, sit at a, sit at a, a chair behind a table. Okay. But I didn't actually provide you that that was just the rule. Then when somebody walked in and they sat down in the back, because they were late and they were trying to not, well, then they would be violating the law, but didn't know it right. Violating my rule. So God is delivering to Moses. So Moses can deliver to the judges as well as to the people so they know how to interact, okay? So let's continue. So victory principle number one, there are undeniable guidelines by which we must live. Undeniable guidelines by which we must live. These sundry and diverse laws, these judgments are only reasonable. We don't have the time to look through all of them. We are gonna, in just, a, just a, a very short time, we're gonna hit a lot of them, okay? We're gonna pull them out, so I'm not avoiding them. But they're very reasonable. When I read over these and I structured them, I never once thought, well, that's not right. Now, some of them only apply within a time frame, within a paradigm, where something like indentured servanthood was okay. Like I have trouble wrapping my brain around that, but within the context of then, it makes sense. They are very reasonable and arguably undeniable guidelines that we can live by today. They're very reasonable. So let's look at the struggle for a second. The struggle is it's gonna be hard to manage to all of these. They're reasonable, but it's going to be hard for the human to manage to them. So Exodus 21, 23 through 13, there's a wide range of severity. I think severity is your your blank, okay? A wide range of severity of these laws, these principles, these judgments. Notice in 18 and 19, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, input monty python holy grail scene okay thou shalt not suffer a witch to live whosoever lieth with the beast shall surely be put to death anybody who engages in bestiality should die those are two pretty strong statements okay they should die just a few verses later if thou lend money (laughs) whoa okay (laughs) Like time out. We were just talking about killing people for for wickedness, and now we're talking about how we lend money to each other. Yes, there was like it's all over the board, and I'm not. I don't think God is like. Un, I think God is a God of order, and God is a God of structure, which is why I looked into it. Maybe I just couldn't see it. Maybe there is a really good structure there that I just couldn't pick up on. But he jumps down just a few verses later. If thou lend money to any of my people that is poor by thee, thou shalt not. Be to him as, uh, as an, a, a, a usurer, usurer. neither shalt thou lay upon him usury, right? So you're not supposed to be like a bank. You're not supposed to be like a loan shark that says, here's, here's 20 bucks. And oh, you pay me back tomorrow. You owe me 30 because, well, I mean, you needed the money. So I'm going to take advantage of you. That's not how you work. That's not how it works. But notice, like you shouldn't take advantage of a poor person. Follows just a few verses after we're killing people for some stuff. And not far after that, into the next chapter, but the seventh year thou shalt let it rest, talking to about the land and lie still, right? Your your fields, that the poor of thy people may go in and eat. So as you would grow crops, there would be volunteer, what they call volunteer crops that would grow up after right, the next year. So you let it rest a year, as, they vol- as those volunteer crops grow up, let the poor go in and eat. Like, pretty big difference between this and these concepts, okay? So they're, there's a, they're, they're pretty broad, pretty uh, wide range of severity. We'll also see that some are very specific, very specific. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years shall he serve in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. Basically, he's paid you back. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him, right? So if he comes in married, don't hang on to his wife. If he comes in unmarried, then he'll go out unmarried. Very, very specific, but some leave some room for judgment latitude. The opposite, I would argue of, of uh, specific. Notice in Exodus 2122: if men strive and hurt a woman with child. So Tim Renault and I are up here, and we 're getting into it, we 're giving each other the business, we 're fighting, and a woman is up here that 's pregnant, and she gets hurt. Okay, notice a hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her and yet no mischief follow. He shall surely be punished. So let's say I was the one that swung to hit Tim and I or kicked Tim and I kicked the, the pregnant woman. I would surely be punished according as the woman's husband would lay on me. And he shall pay as the judges determine. So situations are different. It depends upon the severity. It depends upon the circumstances. In Exodus 2136, or if it be known that the ox hath used to push in times past, so now this ox has 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 done something to another animal to another person. If it be known that the ox hath used uh, hath pushed in the times past his owner hath not kept him in and his owner hath not kept him in. He shall surely pay ox for ox and the dead shall be his own. So two oxes are walking and we know one is kind of an unruly ox and it pushes and somehow kills the other ox. The question becomes, did we know that the one ox was unruly or did this come out of left field? Well, well, something happened 15 years ago, but it's been pretty casual since then. So there's room for judgment. It's hard to determine. It's hard to say this is a law, a hard, fast law. Because there's room for, for latitude. We also see, if a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it be stolen out of that man's house, the man's house, if the thief be found, let him pay double. So the thief is responsible for paying double, one to the person who had the stuff, in theory, and one to the person whose stuff it was that was loaned. I asked Doug to keep my non-existent uh sports car in his garage okay so he's got so it's a really cool car what kind of car is it Corvette. a corvette doug is watching my corvette the corvette is stolen from doug's place they find the robber he's got to give doug a corvette and he's got to give me a corvette either give back or restore to me a corvette okay right wow i mean hey come steal a corvette <clears throat> but if the thief be not found, then the master of the house shall be brought unto the judges. Wait a second. Why would we need to bring the master of the house? Why would we need to bring Doug before the judges? Well, maybe Doug's like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> Hey, Philip, Mitch parked his, his Corvette over here. Come over and steal it and then we'll sell it. and We'll split it. Okay so now they bring the uh, doug before the judges to see whether he had put his hand under his neighbor's goods did doug just steal from me because i trusted him and he took advantage of it a lot of latitude like the situation totally is dependent upon how the judges see it right are you tracking there's some very specific they're married when they come in, they're married when they go out. There's some, the judges are going to have to apply some logic to it, right? Some are prophylactic, just means preventative in nature. Okay. So in, in the world I live in, we, we do some braces that we put on people. They're prophylactic. If you ever watch uh, football players, especially linemen, they almost all wear knee braces why because they've all had knee injuries not necessarily they actually wear the knee braces to protect their knees from potential injury doesn't always work but at least it reduces the risk of injury they're prophylactic knee braces okay notice exodus 22 1 if a man shall steal an ox or a sheep or kill it or sell it he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep so not only is that a judgment, it's a deterrent, right? Hey, little Johnny, don't go stealing because if you can't pay for one ox, you can't pay for five. And if you don't, you don't have enough money for one sheep, how are you going to pay for four? Don't go, don't go uh, robbing. If a fire break out and it catch in thorns so that the stacks of corn or the standing corn or the field be consumed therewith, that he, kindled the, he that kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. So what are we going to do? Be careful with matches. Right? It's prophylactic in nature. It does have a determination component if it happens, but it's also a deterrent. Similarly, if a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it, or an axe or an uh, ass fall therein, The owner of the pit shall make it good and give money unto the owner of them, the ass or the ox, and the dead beast shall be his. So he gets, at least he gets burger out of it, right? He gets, he gets a steak or two, uh, right? But the deal is if I dig a pit and I don't adequately cover it, keep you or your animals from walking into my pit, it's my responsibility, also a deterrent prophylactic approach. Okay? You guys tracking? I know we're covering a lot. Some define responsibility. If a man borrow out of his neighbor and he be hurt or it die, or I'm sorry, uh, borrow out of his neighbor and it be hurts or die like a horse or uh, an ox, the owner thereof, not being not with it, the guy who borrowed it, he shall surely make it good but if the owner thereof be with it he shall not make it good if it be a hire, hired thing he came for his hire so if i need chris's ox to help plow my field and i'm like no i know how to i know how to deal with ox it's all good and i'm walking with the ox and now that i don't know what i'm doing and the ox gets hurt i'm responsible makes sense But if Chris is like, no, man, I'm good. I've got you. You just give me some like a a portion of the, 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 the fruit of the field for the for the ox. Well, now that's a hireling thing. Chris, the owner of the ox is with the ox. So now I don't have to pay anything because he was with it, right? I mean, if I if I go to a rental place and I rent a backhoe and I break it, it's on me. If I hire a contractor to come to my house and do some work with a backhoe and they break it, it's on them. Like you can see the basis for just common sense morality. If, if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. Proverbial shotgun wedding, right? If the father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Like, I'm not sure I understand all of that, but very clear and they define responsibility. Some create societal expectations, societal, I think is your is your blank societal expectations. This is interesting. It's kind of hard to say that this is a law. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back again to him or bring it back to him again if thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden and wouldest forbear to help them thou shalt surely help with him like it's really interesting the judgment is now i don't have the right to say i'm just an innocent bystander i actually have an obligation a societal obligation to help somebody oh thine enemy not just thy neighbor thy brother but even mine enemy I have an obligation to help. The seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still. So this is back to that same passage about the, the land. And that the poor of thy people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyard and with thy oliveyard. So you if you own land, you now have an obligation, a societal obligation. So be careful, some of you, not just you all, I know I'm really not thinking, but there, there's this kind of movement in, in in American Christianity, like not to take care of society, like not to pay your taxes. The country doesn't have the right to take my there's actually not a constitutional right for tax, right? I don't I'm not obligated to take care of people I don't know, the people aren't willing to work. Well, actually, scripture's pretty clear, you have an obligation to even to your enemies. Now, we can debate whether that's the right the, the right pathway of taxation, but victory principle number two, the Lord has provided a structure by which to live. Embrace it. Don't kick against it. Now, if I'm walking down the street and my enemies, you know... Um, you know, Ox is under, is literally collapsed under the weight of his burden, the Mitch Dobson, the human, the sinner in me is going to be like, deserves what he gets, right? And I'm going to keep walking, but I've been called to live at a higher level, so I should embrace it, embrace it. I'm not going to walk over and be like, stupid Ox doesn't know what he's doing and stupid owner put too much weight on him and that was dumb. No, like that's not what I'm called to do in this judgment. And you say, Mitch, how in the world did you find victory in this passage? Because it's a lot of just laws. It's a lot of principles or judgments, right? So we have a few minutes here. You have these verses on and then some lines, I think, on on your page. All right. So what I want to do, and there's two verses I meant to put down that are not there. So who wants to read out loud, pretty loudly, Exodus 21, 13. So the key here is grab one of these. Everybody grab one of these because I'm going to call on you. I also need Exodus 22:21. 21. It should be here. So Exodus 22, 21. And then Exodus 239, which is right before 10 and 11, but I want to keep them separate. Okay? Exodus 21, 13. Doug, I think you had yeah. thou shalt not kill. No, 21. Oh, 21? That's a, that's a... Is that 20? 20 verse. Is that 20? No, 21 13, right? I got it. And if a man, wow. if a man you up... yeah, you were in 20. You're fine. You were in 20. It's okay. Yeah, go ahead. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his then I will appoint a place he, he shall okay. so so we're gonna be looking for the victory here, okay? So if a guy a guy so what's the premise of that verse? If a guy through manslaughter, not through murder, kills somebody, God says he's gonna appoint a place or something? what'd he say? Appoint me a place he shall please. Okay. Alright. So we'll know those in the future as a city of refuge. Okay? Who's got 21, 33, and 34? Okay, go. And if a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit, and not cover it, and an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good, and give money unto the owner of them, and the dead beast shall be his. Okay, so this guy owns some land, he digs a a pit. The example I just used uh, a, a few moments ago. Okay, who's got 22, 5? Twenty-two five? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> if a man shall cause a field or vineyard to be eaten, and shall put in his beast and shall feed in another man's field of the best of his own field and of the best of his own vineyard, shall he make restitution? Okay. So, dude owns a field, but your beast comes over and eats that in my field. You're gotta basically gotta pay for pay me for that, right? Okay. Who has twenty-two twenty-one? Anybody? 2221 22, 22. okay yeah go ahead thou shalt th- thou shalt neither vex a stranger uh, nor oppress him for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt okay should neither vex and we saw this before okay we're looking for a theme there's a theme developing whether you realize it or not verse 29 who has all right yeah verse 29 somebody thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy right fruits. And of thy liquors, the firstborn of thy sons shalt thou give unto me. Okay, so don't delay to offer the first fruit of uh, first of thy ripe fruits or thy liquors. Even thy firstborn son shall thou give me. Okay, who has uh, twenty three nine twenty three nine? Somebody want to read that? Go ahead, Phil. Also thou shalt not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of a stranger, seeing ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Okay. And then who has nine and ten? So follow that on. And Philip, you can just take it if you want. And the six years thou shalt sow thy land and shalt gather in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still, that the poor of thy people may eat. And what they leave, the beasts of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyard and with thy olive. Oil. Okay. So does anybody see that the. the uh, I will admit it's hidden. Did anybody catch the pattern? In these, say, five or so, five to seven laws or judgments? Is it in the Like, if you damage something, you give that Maybe. That's not that, I didn't think about that. That's very insightful and maybe a really good thing to pull out. That's not what I was after. I feel like there's a protection yeah. Like the poor or the. There's a protection. Yeah. That's still not what I'm looking for. As slaves, they didn't have anything, they had no provision for protection, and so protecting men. But it, you're, you're getting closer. So all of these echo to a future ownership or cer- future possession of a land. None of them apply in the wilderness. Well, none of these directly apply in a wilderness. If a man dig a pit and he's the owner of the field, Wait a minute. They're in the middle of Mount Sinai. They don't own anything. If a man own a field and a beast comes in and takes it and eats, the guy that owns the beast needs to pay him back. Well, wait a minute. Ain't nobody planting vineyards and oliveyards, and there ain't nobody letting the field rest six years. They're in the middle of the wilderness still. They're a promise. They're a promise. Just like... If I said to my son, you can stay up all night when you're in college, <laughs> <laughs> but right now you're under my roof. So you're going to bed at a reasonable time. He may see that as a promise for the future. <laughs> right? it's a, it's a trite example, but I think you're tracking included in these guidelines in these judgments. God makes it very clear. There's going to come a day when you'll actually be able to realize these. Because right now, you don't own a vineyard. Right now, you don't own a field. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. So why why is it important to deliver it to them now? To get ahead of it. They did, and that's where Philip was going. They did just come out of slavery. They did just come out of not owning anything. And what do they need? Guidelines on how to own things. So there's a victory there. So these judgments include future possessions and land and differentiation from other people groups. One of them was dealing with strangers. Well, they're strangers right now, but there's going to come a day when they're in the land and there will be strangers, right? They are going to possess the promised land. God is literally giving them, giving them direction for the future. So how do you live by all these and all the other judgments and laws. So, there's one piece of cake left. Two kids want the cake. How do you deal with that? How do we deal with it, honey? Huh? We split it like a baby. Yeah. We eat it ourselves, that's true. We hide it and then tell them it's gone. No, nope, that's not. So, two kids. You so, let the other. You let the, well, maybe. So in our house and what Michelle learned as a young, as a, as a child growing up is one of the kids cuts it, the other one. but the other one gets to choose first, right? So the kid that cuts it's gonna do their dead level best to keep, keep it even, right? Because if they make one bigger, the other kid's gonna choose the bigger one, right? So it's a principle by which to live, okay? These are all principles to, by which to live. They're judgments. So we don't have to spend a lot, a lot of time here, but look at now into Romans and uh, chapter 13, 8 to 10. O, oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that love an, one uh, another hath fulfilled the law. For this... Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. He's talking about the commandments and the associated laws. Thou, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying. Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All of these, all of these judgments help define how you're to love someone else because you should love them as yourself. Galatians 514 for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You see, this is a huge part of the human experience of self preservation and self advancement is to learn how to not do it about you anymore. It's about others. So, principle number three, y'all didn't listen fast enough, and everybody's getting loud. Do your best to fulfill the law because that's what Jesus did. He did it in love. He fulfilled the law in love. First Corinthians chapter, or or most of Corinthians talks about judgment or judging some twenty-nine times. But it's also coupled in love, in charity. How do you properly judge someone? How do you properly judge someone? You love them. You love them. That's going to heap, heap coals of fire on their head if they need that. It's going to encourage them if they need that. It's going to chastise them. The Lord will use his spirit to do that. You know what? It's not our job to meet, out, to meet out discipline. It's not our job to meet out punishment. It's our job to love. That is how we will fulfill Two and a half chapters of, oh my gosh, sundry laws. Hopefully that made sense. Sorry I went a little long. Last verse, and I don't know what I just did with the record. Oh, it slid down here. It's on your page. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill, to fulfill them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your blessing.